Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And good Lord Almighty, folks, the first NFL game this year has been played last Thursday night. The Jaguars and Raiders kicked off the NFL preseason. So I am here joined by the man himself, Nick Osen, as we embark on a new year in the National Football League. How are you doing tonight, my brother? You know, I'm doing well. It's pretty crazy that we're officially, you know, not in the games that count or, or matter, I should say. But it's really NFL season. And, you know, it's going to be exciting. I'll hopefully be able to tune in a little more this weekend. Wasn't really able to last week. And, you know, we're starting to get fantasy drafts scheduled and things like that, too. So it's it's an exciting time, no question. Nick, you absolutely lit up once you mentioned fantasy football. I know that is the highlight of your year across the board. And our draft together has been scheduled. I know we've got a few listeners that are in that league. August 28th, we won't all be in the same room for that draft as I'll be preparing for my wedding. But fantasy draft season is right around the corner alongside week one of the NFL season with our Chicago Bears kicking off on September 11th. Nick, I am so grateful to be joined by you tonight as we will be kind of previewing Saturday's preseason game against the Chiefs and highlighting our Chicago Bears offense. So folks, strap in for a wild one. And as always, up. All right, Nick, as I just mentioned, we will be kind of breaking things down from an offensive perspective this week as a lot of question marks have arisen, especially in the last few days with this Bears offense. And we are heading into a battle against the Chiefs on Saturday afternoon. Of course, they have zero question marks on the offensive side. So the Bears will certainly be the focal point uh, come Saturday afternoon because the Chiefs are all locked up at most positions on that side of the ball. So most importantly, with this Bears offense, an unfortunate injury came down over the last couple of days. Wide receiver Nikhil Harry, who we just traded for from the New England Patriots, has a high ankle sprain. And folks, I wouldn't wish any type of ankle sprain on my worst enemy because that can be the silent killer. Some athletes would argue they'd prefer breaking their ankle outright because that high ankle sprain can linger throughout a season and never heals properly. And this is something that the Bears are going to monitor. It sounds like Nikhil is going to be out for a considerable amount of time, which is truly unfortunate because... He was hoping for a career turning point with the Bears, and it might be over before it starts. So, Nick, I want to hear your opinion and kind of what you anticipate with Harry being out and who will move into his spot. Yeah, I, I guess I haven't looked at every report. You know, he definitely is expected to be out for a while. I don't think it's, you know, if the recovery goes as well as possible, and you make a great point about the, the lingering pains. I don't think it's necessarily 
a point where it's over before it starts. I know he's unfortunately, for his sake, a guy that has a lot riding on this season. A player that I liked coming out of school, obviously, but you know, I love wide receiver tight end positions. I was excited that the Bears got him. And in terms of who steps in, it just kind of takes away one more name, you could say. I mean, he's not someone that's necessarily reliable, but he's at least had some game experience, a couple moments, and, and you know, times that really matter. So I think this continues to put more of the onus on Mooney. Obviously, I'm going to go back to Cole Komet. I know I said similar last week, but I mean, it's the truth, you know, not only in terms of pass catching, but I know that Harry was very excited to do some blocking out there. And that's something that Komet hasn't necessarily been known for, though he can do it, especially on the edge. And you just continue to kind of go down that wide receiver depth chart. And it's not necessarily pretty, but I do know that in, you know, multiple camps last week, there was some noted progression from fields in the offense, you know, especially in that kind of deeper down red zone offense. It wasn't as bad as it had been earlier in the week. I certainly got more optimistic and a lot of it, you know, is just going to kind of be throw it at the wall and see what sticks. But I think with some of the recent offensive line additions that I know kind of happen in between shows for us and, Maybe we'll hit on, you know, I I do think that that adds a little more stability. I like the running back room and you just kind of see what happens at wide out. I think there's really one or two proven commodities there. Nick, you said something very interesting in terms of Nikhil Harry and how he is kind of a bigger name. And that's saying a lot uh, with this wide receiver room. Obviously, Darnell Mooney is the proven wide receiver one. You touched heavily on Byron Pringle last week. Of course, he's had a great deal of experience and is a Super Bowl champion with the Chiefs. But in terms of Nikhil Harry, this man was drafted in the first round by the greatest coach and general manager to ever be involved with the game of football in Bill Belichick. So there's some semblance of talent there that has not been unlocked and this was looked at as kind of a fresh start for Harry and you said it best this time with the Chicago Bears in 2022 is his kind of last season to prove it in the league if he doesn't have a productive year he will likely be out of a job next season maybe an even worse team than the Bears will take a flyer on him kind of what we've seen with Kevin White uh, down in New Orleans. He's kind of revived his career a little bit. And I, of course, want to see Nikhil Harry shine, but he's truly in a tough position right now. And I think this will be an opportunity for Valus Jones Jr. to strike and have himself get a considerable amount of reps come Saturday afternoon. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, he's someone that, you know, I know you maybe want to touch on guys that have to perform well to basically have spots. He's not necessarily one of those players, of course, but I continue to hear more good things about him. You know, obviously he had a couple highlight plays this week. 
including one long, beautiful deep ball from Justin Fields. But obviously, you know, they would play a little bit different roles, you know, Jones and Harry within the offense. So again, I just think it's this next man up mentality and sincerely for his sake, you know, Nikhil Harry's, I just hope that isn't as bad as it can be because I've seen it plenty in the NBA as well, where it really can keep guys out for, for the longest time. You know, I remember happened with LeBron, of course, a tough sprained ankle, not sure if it was quite as severe, you know, and I know you don't care quite as much about that player in terms of injuries, but certainly for his sake, otherwise I just think it's kind of, yeah, like I said, more, you know, fields, more on his shoulders, obviously the running back room, Komet, and really just seeing what works. But I, I still have a little faith in Pringle, too. I know I said it last week, and I'm going to keep that going for now until he proves me wrong. Nick, you know I absolutely love your positivity. And in terms of your favorite athlete of all time, known as LeBron James, I would actually argue that I care about him more than Nikhil Harry because – you have to keep your enemies close. And he is <laughs> persona non grata, arch nemesis number one in my book. So in terms of his high ankle sprain that we saw early on in his Lakers tenure, I think the game of football is a lot more physical and a lot more grueling, which speaks to the severity of Nikhil Harry's injury, and I'm hopeful that he has a speedy recovery. Another position grouping on the offensive end that we mentioned last week that was going to be a highlight this week, Nick, is the offensive line. And I may have jumped the gun on a man named Tevin Jenkins last week because there were reports that he was being shopped around by the team. He's not clicking with the coaching staff and you know, the game plan is just not resonating with him, but we saw him enter the fold over the weekend while the Bears were practicing indoors. And there is a lot more conversation around him to likely step into that front five protecting Justin Fields. And there are some proven names in that group. You mentioned Cody Whitehair last week. I loved him as a center with Mitchell Trubisky. I need to see a little bit more uh, consistency with him at the guard position as he will be there this season. But as we look right now, this starting five that will be the great protection line for number one, we're looking at Michael Schofield, the hometown kid, returning. I absolutely love him. He was very nice to me over at camp. Lucas Patrick, who's currently out with a thumb injury and should be good to go by week one. He did very well in Green Bay protecting Aaron Rodgers, so it should be a very smooth transition with his offensive coordinator in Luke Getze. Already mentioned Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins. And then a Super Bowl runner-up in Riley Reef. I want to hear your thoughts on that front five. and. How confident are you in their abilities to protect JF1? Well, I'm a lot more, you know, kind of confident than I was two and a half, three weeks ago, certainly. But let's not forget about Jones either. You know, it's kind of been showing out here at camp, you know, not necessarily expected to have that big of a role in Braxton Jones. And, 
you know, even from some of the top flight guys that I really trust in terms of Bears reporting and that I have really since high school, you know, they've been pretty high on him and his performance potential, you know, kind of late find or a little bit off the radar there. Otherwise, I was very happy to, you know, see this with Tevin Jenkins. You know, I know we really both like that draft pick. I actually sent some of the things that that happened this week to our other podcast group with with some friends with Bears chatting. And, you know, you weren't wrong in jumping the gun, as you said last week, because some huge names were reporting that, you know, out there in the NFL world. Maybe there was some truth to it. Maybe Jenkins is just kind of, you know, following the team's lead or something like that. But I'm really happy to see it. I saw one or two Bears players tweeted him as well. You know, kind of some exciting moments from practice, which really made me happy to see because I still think that his ceiling is really, you know, strong and high on the offensive line in the NFL. I mean, he brings kind of, you know, not only a a high floor, but a level of toughness and physicality that I don't think everyone would necessarily have. Certainly not on this Bears team as you go further down the line. So I think with him, it's awesome. But from what I've heard and some of the names you mentioned, I'm relatively confident with this line going into week one of the preseason this weekend. Nick, I love how you preface it there at the end because it is so early in this process of kind of formulating that 53-man roster. But we will see guys that play on Saturday that will likely drop off the roster in the following week. Of course, these five offensive linemen are safe. You know, maybe Tevin Jenkins would be traded, but of course he's not being cut by any NFL roster as of right now. And correct me if I'm wrong. I know we saw him in very limited play last year, uh, but he was kind of a first round grade when he was drafted and fell in our laps. So there's certainly something to say about that. I know it was a questionable GM making those picks, but Tevin Jenkins, in the times we saw him out on the field, he brought the intensity. He protected his quarterback and his fellow offensive teammates. He might need to rein in some of that if he is a proven tackle in the NFL, but he brings that fire in the very few snaps that we saw of him in a quite mediocre season last year. So if he can get on the same page with Luke Getze and the offensive line coach, I could see a fruitful career and kind of an anchor of that offensive line if he can really click with that group. Yeah, you know, I know exactly one of the moments that you're referring to last year. That was something in, in an ugly season, like you mentioned, that we kind of grasped onto and gravitated towards. At this point, I would be pretty surprised if he's traded from the Chicago Bears organization, unless they're really just kind of keeping things tight-lipped and trying to throw people off. So be it. I don't expect that. I believe that this new you know, regime in front office really believes in him too. And I hope for the best because I like your point about you know maybe needing to bring things back and rein it in a little bit. But I like some of the nastiness that, that you see in offensive linemen. Like maybe he's shown, and I know Trevor Penning, coming from the state of Iowa where I am now, has kind of shown a lot of that in Saints camp so far. I will give a quick shout-out to Kevin White because you mentioned him in the Saints talk with, with wideouts. 
I think that's awesome to see him, you know, clinging in the league right now as well. But that's kind of where I'm at with the line. You, you know, I know there was some worry, and rightfully so, a few weeks ago before a couple of those moves. But I think even some of the biggest doubters have to be pretty happy with where things are at. And other than maybe one day at, at camp, I haven't seen a lot about the O-line getting dominated either, at least to my knowledge. Nick, you're absolutely right. And I know this offense has a lot of hopes around it with Justin Fields and the talent that he possesses. It's just a matter of whether he can stay upright and not be down in the dirt as many times as he was in his rookie season. Even factoring in, he didn't start all 17 games. So we are, of course, going to be optimistic as we're only heading into the first preseason game. But I would like to see that offensive line solidified sooner rather than later. You mentioned Braxton Jones. I love him as a depth guy, but I do not want to see Sam Mustafer anywhere near that starting five. And I think those days are behind us. Moving forward, my brother, the Chicago Bears are playing in a football game Saturday afternoon. Of course, we will see very limited snaps from the starters. I honestly would like to see Justin Fields play more than a couple series. I don't think he's going to. He might play one series and call it a day. We only have so much to go off of with Justin Fields at the NFL level. I'd like to see him get some reps and sling that ball around the field and make the Chiefs second, third stringers embarrassed on Saturday afternoon because he can gain some confidence at the NFL level that we truly haven't seen. He had flashes last year. We keep going back to that San Francisco game, the Pittsburgh game. I want to see Justin Fields progress, connect with his receivers outside of Darnell Mooney because he was incapable of doing so last year, and that partially fell on the coaching staff. But give the kid two series on Saturday. At least one of them needs to result in a score. And then I'll be fine. I've seen enough of Trevor Simeon around the league to know that he's a solid backup. Nathan Peterman, he doesn't belong on an NFL roster. But the Bears will likely keep three QBs. So give Justin Fields a little bit of burn. That's really what I'm asking for on Saturday afternoon. But, Nick, I want to hear your opinion on that. And also, on that offensive end, there's kind of a log jam at the running back position after Khalil Herbert, guys that have truly shown out at camp. Who do you see needing the most reps to solidify themselves a spot in the RB room come September? Well, I'm actually going to take this in a – had different direction because it's not too often that we disagree on this show and I'm really okay not seeing much of Justin Fields at all just because of the potential for freak injuries I don't know about you I would assume so he is far and away my biggest reason for excitement going into this season and guys all over you know essentially are trying to do what they can, especially in live game action, 
to have a reason to stick in the league. So it'll be trying to get to the passer or deliver a big hit or, you know, things like that. And it's just not worth it to me. So I know we said that about the offensive line and you hope that they can perform against a defense that's not necessarily known for its scary defensive front in the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm really okay with just one or two to face a different team. I think the Bears defense will be respectable enough where you can get plenty of experience in the practices. So that's what I would say. And then if it's all right with you as the main host, I'm I'm actually going to give you a couple wideouts that I want to see more from because we hit on wide receiver injury and some of those names. And, And in addition that I had forgotten about recently, but then saw a picture of some of the skill position rooms, the running backs and receivers, And I'd really be interested to see in, you know, kind of what can be done with Pettis in this offense, because I do still believe there's enough. I'll even use the word skill and not just talent, because I I do throw that around a lot. I'll admit that in in guys that have kind of shown flashes and things like that. So I, I think that's a guy I'm hoping to see more from on Saturday. Jones, as you mentioned, it's, a, it's against the defense, and it's a chance where you really can show some of that top-flight speed. And that would be something that's exciting if we're potentially watching some of that game together. But otherwise, you know, as long as Fields isn't throwing, I don't know, a, a mindless interception early or really kind of struggling to get comfortable in the offense, I personally don't need to see a ton from him in preseason games. I know we'd maybe feel differently if we were fans going there and rightfully so, as you say, but it's just not worth the injury risk to me at this point, brother. Nick, you served me with a beautiful opinion there that most bears fans will agree with you on, but there are starters in this league that have earned the right to not play in preseason. We watch on Thursday night at the hall of fame game. Of course, Devonte Adams, the best receiver, on the planet is not suiting up Derek Carr. He's a proven solid QB in this league. Justin Fields. I absolutely love the man and there is no room for him to be injured mid August or at any point in this season, but I would love to see him like you mentioned, Go against a defense at a live game speed because those practices, yes, there are game type of drills toward the end of practice like seven on seven and two minute offense, but they are not going 100% like that Kansas City Chiefs defense will on Saturday afternoon because those guys are fighting for a roster spot. Yes, Justin Fields is QB1, and that's not going to change. And we are not even thinking about injury in terms of that happening. And that defense will be trying to sack the quarterback. Fields needs to feel that pressure to gear himself up for September because there are going to be far tougher opponents that he'll be facing. Week one against a brutal defense in San Francisco. Week two in a rip-your-head-off defense in the Green Bay Packers. Those are just a couple scary teams that the Bears are kicking the season off with. So I'd love to see Fields shine against some 
for lack of a better term, scrubs that will likely not make the Kansas City Chiefs roster because he needs to show himself in this league. You make a lot of good points, honestly, and and I know I'm usually the optimist. It's just kind of a rare spot where because I got so excited about the draft pick, we saw those flashes, and I, I do have faith in him and this regime, I think. I, I really do. That's kind of where I'm at. I think two series is nice. You know, get him comfortable, hopefully face some live reps. There, there should be some ones still on the other side, at least very briefly, at least, you know, some of the defensive back positions, what have you. And then I think you get him out of there. That, that's just kind of where I am at there. But I also like your point about kind of wanting to see some of the guys on the Bears deeper in the depth chart. And, you know, I mentioned wideouts. I don't think I need to go. Obviously, you know, I miss Tariq Cohen, but I don't think I need to go quite as deep in the running back room just because I think there are at least two guys that are capable of being above average starters on just about any team. Obviously, I think Montgomery is a star and somehow he's still underrated after last year. Then I'll go with another former Cyclone, Chase Allen. I've not heard a ton about him recently, which kind of makes me wonder how things are are going. But we know that a lot of what he can provide is size, physicality, and blocking. And that's something that you certainly get the chance to do in live action reps against another team. So I I will definitely be looking for that player, especially if I can watch some on Saturday. Nick, you teed it up perfectly for me. And I would be remiss if I did not share the fact that we will be reunited on Saturday afternoon watching the Chicago Bears against the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, there won't be starters toward the back half of the game, but guys fighting for their lives like a Dr. Chase Allen, who I had the luxury of seeing at Bears camp in Lake Forest. And I will say this, you will be seeing a ton of Chase Allen on Saturday. Don't be surprised if you see him in the mix on special teams. That is a path for him to make this roster. Is it set in stone? No, but I saw him doing a lot of reps on the special team side of things when I was at camp. And... God knows there'll be a great deal of punting on Saturday because neither offense will make their way too deep near the red zone or anything of that nature, given the fact that it's backups in preseason week one. So Chase Allen has a great opportunity to earn himself a unique role in the NFL. Rounding out the show here, Nick, The Chicago Bears, you mentioned it, have a two-headed monster at the running back position. David Montgomery, former Cyclone legend, and current Bears 1,000-plus yard rusher. Not last year because he was tuned up a little bit, but I am expecting, and I mentioned it last week, a true breakout season for him. And Khalil Herbert could honestly be a starter on another NFL franchise. So I love that dynamic duo. And I'm hopeful 
to see a guy like Darrington Evans or Tristan Ebner solidify themselves a nice roster spot come Saturday afternoon. I know it's early, but those guys have been shining in camp, and I'm hopeful that they are able to succeed in live action. You know, Ebner's a name that I feel like I've been seeing two or three times a week. So I like your point there. I really like the, the Evans signing. So, you know, you hope that he can kind of bring something as well with, with his speed and kind of his skill set. But I totally agree. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if, if Ebner ends up on the 53. Nick, I am beyond grateful for your insight. And folks, if you are listening at home, we are extremely fortunate to have you. And just remember, the duo, the brothers that you're listening to right now will be in the mix together on Saturday afternoon watching our beloved Chicago Bears. And do not be surprised if you are listening to an episode next week where we are live and in person. Nick, thank you so much for joining me. And as always, folks, do up. Bear down forever.